I simply love connecting with people that I don't fully know their entire storyline. Last year with the Fit and Faith podcast, for those of you who have been following all the way since season one, I only interviewed people that I knew, that I trusted, that I uh, was able to even have in person. And before COVID, thank you, Jesus, for the idea, I felt going into 2020, I wanted to do people from around the globe. And it has just opened my eyes to so much, giving me the opportunity to see how other people are activating and their own version of illumination, how their faith is presented in their life and in their storyline and all of these different components of their health. And today, Ellie Weinstein is an incredible man of God, uh, an incredible man of, of wisdom, an incredible man of um, just knowledge and intellect and also heart. And I love that he's a real guy. Like he's a therapist. And so often you think doctor and yet his podcast is called the dude therapist, which makes him so relatable. He is a new dad uh, and he's a husband and he's also a public speaker and he just has so much uh, well-rounded pieces of who he is. And in this episode, he shares a lot about how that was developed and what personality traits led him to the career path that he has today. We talked a lot about emotional intelligence, which is something I'm currently learning a lot about and something he knows a lot about. So it was neat to hear his perspective as well. And so I would just encourage you, if you are looking to just establish, maybe reestablish your mental health your understanding of self, of others, and the environment. This is an incredible podcast to round out your 2020 and give you fresh perspective, a fresh desire to step in to this next season with just hope and grace for other people. And so I am so grateful for him to be on the show. He's got elevation and so I'll tag all of his stuff here, but you've got to tune in to what he's got going on. And I know we will be working together again in the future. So I hope you enjoy the podcast and let's chat soon. Awesome. <laughs> I have to be honest. I do not watch those things before they happen. That music, I'm like, I need to get up and run around over here. <laughs> I was getting pumped. That was so fun. Was like, let's so have a party. Awesome. That was so good. I'm going to tell her, use that all the time. That song was great. And I hope that we didn't pull a picture that was from seven years ago. How long no, ago was that, that picture was, taken? That was uh, two, two months ago, I think, a month ago. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Where were you? In LA. It was gorgeous. It was, That's uh, awesome. I am those, such a. Those stairs, those like big stairs in LA. I haven't been to LA oh, to be honest. Like a, I'm a San like a, Diego like, gal. Hey, uh, Sandy, I was in San Diego too. There are a few pictures <laughs> from that too as well. You could have found Amazing. That Amazing. So I have to go out there and visit, but yeah, I'm more of a, even though San Diego is huge, I like the beach city little vibe. It's very much like home. You have you visited yeah. to Virginia beach. I have not. Oh, you got to come. It's amazing. It's basically the East Coast version of San Diego, except for right now it's like 30 degrees and it's freezing, <laughs> which is no fun at all. That's not the benefit. But I'm a travel junkie. I actually just got back from Mexico last night at 11 o'clock. So I love seeing where people are. And yeah, wow. everyone's like, you're crazy. I'm like, no, it's fun. This is great. So I haven't even got to introduce what we're doing, what we're at. Obviously, you guys know that this is the Fit and Faith podcast. And I'm Tamara Andress, your host. But today we have Eli on. And 
and he has so many things going on. So I'm excited that I am not the only one who who does all the things. Uh, elevation, <laughs> is that how you say it? Do you say elevation? Elevation, like elevate, elevation, elevate, with elevation. Name, it's so good. It's so clever, so witty. And the Dude Therapist podcast that launched during COVID. So we're going to talk all about that. But let me let you, because they hear me talk all the time, give uh, your own promo, your own bio. Tell us who you are and uh, maybe we'll have some connection points. I know we already do. Uh, that will get us in the conversation. So my name is Ellie or Eli, depending on who you are and where you're from. And uh, I'm a therapist out in New York, married for a little over five years, have a beautiful one and a half year old and uh, start elevation a little bit ago to bring more awareness and understanding of digestible mental health and what it means to be human on this earth and all the ups and downs of that. And it's been a journey. It's been a really fun journey with that. That's so amazing. Do you, do you personally say your name is Ellie? I call myself Ellie. Some of my coworkers and clients call me Eli. Some of my friends. Really? Because and it, you it don't correct depends. anyone. Okay. I do, so I, I also understand my name is yeah. not Ellie. I have a Hebrew. I'm, I'm an Orthodox Jew. So I have a Hebrew okay. name that's longer than Ellie. And Ellie's my nickname, but E-L-I in like American word is Eli. Eli. So I have what? a nephew named Eli. <laughs> You're like, if whatever, you call, call me you whatever call me you want. Something, it's better than nothing. So I, as long as you like get my I name, it me. it's all good. I love that. My name, Tamara, gets misconstrued all the time for Tamara, right, Tamara, Tamara yeah. all the things. And so I've gotten used to it too. I just kind of smile, especially when somebody's on the show and they say, oh, yeah, Tamara. And I'm like, good. Eh. <laughs> it is what it so is. There's no reason, no reason to cause trouble. It's so know, good. calling my name. Yes. And I think, again, that kind of lends itself to your mindset towards your approachability and really what you do as a whole. And so tell us about how you got started on that journey and what led you into therapy. I am I need therapy. I think we all do. Um, <laughs> but my therapy journey has like such roots to who I am and I am such a proponent. So I want to hear about what led you to that. Yeah, of course. So I grew up in a, a a family and a household that was very big proponents on mental health. Um, I struggled with ADHD growing up and still have my symptoms here and there, um, which is why I do so many things because my brain is scattered of doing this, that, and the other thing, which is fine. And I get it done. Uh, it doesn't hinder me at all. It's a superpower of mine that I embrace and went to therapist as a kid. And I always wanted to help people, but don't have the brain memory like doctors or like that really amazing relationship that doctors can truly help someone on a when I'm in need kind of scenario. And I thought, you know what, let me be a therapist it is a place where you can help someone at their lows and at their highs and be there through that journey to be a loving, caring soundboard for someone objectively with no judgments and just care. And I really hope I'm on the right journey because I'm, I'm invested. So uh, I hope it's the right one. I, really, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, think, I think it is the right one. That's incredible. It's definitely a time and financial investment. I know both, but also an emotional one because my thing, I've, I have my ordination license. And so like being alongside people in a you. pastoral role is it's heavy. People lay a lot on you. And I have found that I take it with me. And it's something I'm still learning not to do. I'll sleep and lose sleep and dream or have nightmares or any of the above yeah. when somebody share things with me. So like, how do you, how do you lay that to the side when somebody shares heavy things with you? You know, so I, I can't say that I'm perfect by any yeah. means, but the thing is that 
some things bother me more than, I remember my first day, I used to work in a psych unit. And my yeah. first day, someone told, like, I did an interview with someone to, like, an onboarding onto the unit. Yep. Talking to them and discussing what's going on. How can we help you as a unit? And they told me about their suicide attempts. Mm -hmm. And my, I had to work so hard not to, for my jaw to hit the floor. Mm -hmm. And my coworkers were calm and collected. And I looked at them and I said, afterwards, how'd you do that? They said, well, you get used to it. And wow. I found that so sad. And yeah. I don't think I ever have gotten used to it. And I hope I never do because it's something that is a human thing that you're dealing with human emotions and human reality. So sometimes it really does bug me. It hurts me. Yeah. It bothers me. Yeah. It gets to me. And I have my self-care tips and tools and things that I do to kind of decompress or separate work from life, whether right. it's listening to a certain soundtrack that kind of I know is my pull out of like the inception thing where you like yeah. make sure you're in reality. Um, and I also, it does get to me sometimes, depending on the yeah. person and, and who it is. And as as now become a father, whenever there's children involved, I can't. Yes. It, it messes oh with me. Oh my gosh. That's literally what my mind was about to say next, because I think about my kids and like, how, how do I parent better? Like it puts added value, added weight and added... Um, uh, grace, I think, to like our parenting, because so often, and I found through my own therapy, the root, com you know, component of, of how and why things are occurring often goes back to our childhood. And it's not to say that it's always parent child issues. Yeah. Um, but it feels like there's always something there. And I'm like, Oh, Jesus, <laughs> like help me out. Help me yeah. out in every scenario. And I also think that I was promote that I found, you know, I, like I said, before I'm Jewish, I found faith to be something for me. I know your podcast is fit in faith, but, but faith for me, whether it's prayer, whether it's um, official prayer or not, whether it's spirituality, however you find that for me has been a resource of meditation, reflection, introspection, to be able to have that moment where I disconnect from whatever's happening in the world and connect to a higher power, a greater being, or something for myself that I can kind of let out and, so and cry, smile, thank, praise, whatever the word you want to use at that moment that you're feeling is something that I have found a lot of a lot of comfort in for me so personally. Good. I can't yeah. say for everyone, but I know yeah. for me that has been a comfort for me where I know that day in, day out, I pray daily in the morning and I have my meditation and I, yeah. I say Psalms and all those kind of things that I do daily to kind of remind myself of centering where my goal is and what my head is and where it should be coming into the day. And it's oh, uh, it's like a, like a morning charge or whatever those things. People yeah. Talk yeah. About. Yeah. Those, of course. Right? Yep, a ritual routine. Yeah, yeah. All of that. It's critical. And I, and I've found, obviously there's so much research on like highly successful people or people who are busy or people who are intentional, as I like to say it versus busy or even ADHD. My husband is, isn't um, a diagnosed ADHD, but our son has walked through whether or not he is or not. And we just have chosen mm -hmm. not to get him tested. But uh, my husband knows like he's ADHD, but he yeah. is so successful and he does so many things, but he has things that he has to do to center himself, to stay focused, to get realigned. And I think honestly, we all do. And whether it's a success that you're driven, like success for everyone is different, right? Mm -hmm. But just to be able to live freely, to live wholly, I think that there's a holy W, holy H, <laughs> holy, I just made myself laugh, I'm so funny, um, is realizing that, that that truly is a component of who we are. And so 
I want to go back to when you introed yourself and you were talking about like your desire for humanity, your perspective on humanity and sharing that with people. So how does um, Elevation do that? Your company do that? How does your podcast do that? And obviously we know professionally in therapy, you're doing that often, but how do those two things work together? So definitely what Elevation is about is it's not classic therapy. It's not like you're sitting in my office. It's more of a coaching nature. And I think uh, I, this is just my opinion as a therapist, as modern therapists, as me as a modern therapist, I kind of have that crisscross of my mindset of coaching and therapy, whether it's growth mindset or steps to where you need to go and the A and B and organizing and all those kind of things that make life coaches do what they do and do such a great job. And also yeah. the background of a mental health professional with training and certifications and studying and research and all those things that make me the therapy side of who I am. And <laughs> elevation is that if you're not ready for therapy or you're looking for something, whether it's talking at a school or mental health advocacy, mental health awareness conversations and talks, whether it's doing relationship coaching, I have clients of mine that I do relationship coaching that don't want or feel the need to go to a therapist's office. And actually I've pushed them to go to therapy if I feel, and it doesn't have to be with me. Because yeah. I truly believe that anyone, if they can find wellness, that's the goal. Someone's yeah. wellness is more important than my ego. So if I can find them someone that's going to help them, that matters more to me than the money that's in my pocket. Or yeah. if I keep them on and the numbers that I promote for myself that I've worked with, doesn't, that doesn't matter. Yeah. And then yeah, absolutely. the podcast is kind of more of, I'm not a great writer. I'm a better speaker. So it's more of my thought process or different topics, whether it's mental health, fatherhood. My wife and I went through infertility. So that thing with parenting and infertility, um, I talk about and have guests on my show of different walks of life and the wholeness of wellness, basically. And what that means, whether it's a therapist, a life coach, someone who has sobriety for 20 years and wants to talk about it, all those little things and nooks and crannies you can find to help people with whatever they're going through. So cool. I love that. And I think there's, I actually coach a couple of people who are, are doing this piece where it's like the therapy blended with coaching. And I feel like coaching has gotten such a bad rap. It's like everybody yes. just like raises their hand and says like, I'm a coach, but there actually are people who have reasons that they call themselves a coach versus a therapist or versus something different. Um, I, I think at any season of my life growing up, like we all had coaches. And so why should we not have coach as an adult? I actually had a girlfriend whose daughter just got enrolled at High Point University in um, North Carolina. And they actually are given upon enrollment, upon acceptance, a life coach six months prior to enrollment that walks alongside them for the duration of their enrollment at the university. And I was that like, awesome. what? That's brilliant. And like, they're in their faith and things too. But like, specifically life coaching, I'm like, that is a time where I really needed a life coach, <laughs> did not have an idea, even in my in my degree, what am I doing with my life? Where is this going? <laughs> I, I mean, all the things really, that's probably what led me to therapy later. But regardless, I think it's really interesting that I was actually reading this book on vacation that um, plays so beautifully into this conversation. So again, I, I don't believe in coincidences. I believe in God winks, but I have it laying next to me. And as you're talking, so many of the things that you've already said are either in this book or I'm recognizing within you because it's in the forefront of my mind and it's the concept of emotional intelligence. And I don't I know love, if you've read. I love 
I've read EQ. emotional intelligence, EQ, uh, I've read, you know, all those things. And I've, I, I, I'm you're a so good at it. I'm a, thank you. <laughs> and it's something <laughs> by the way that I truly believe is part and parcel of my ADHD. I think because I had to learn social skills and really work very hard to be in tune versus me flooding around and being all over the place and not having those social cues, which is a symptom of yeah. ADHD is, yeah. is, is, is social cues issues. Yeah. Um, I did not have them well growing up. Wow. Yeah. I was all over the place. So I really had to work very hard. So I love nonfiction books. My wife is like the fiction book, the, the serial killer thrillers and like <laughs> whose husband's killing whose wife and whose wife is killing whose husband. And she's sitting there on the edge of her seat. And I'm sitting there with like tabs and like writing markers. And like, I, I sit there, we have <laughs> very different you. styles of what we read. And I love emotional intelligence. I think it's key for a lot of things that we do in our life. And just to give listeners like an understanding of what this is, because I've heard emotional intelligence or EQ thrown out all the time um, and not really understanding fully what it is. This book specifically is talking about like the EQ, let's put it in the frame, EQ3, uh, mm-hmm. which is going around the understanding and the awareness of self, the understanding and re- um, awareness in relationships, and then that of the environment. And how all three are constantly working together. And therefore, there's a lot of of inputs, but there's also a lot of outputs from us. And so for us to realize how the brain actually works with our limbic system versus Mm -hmm. fight or flight and all these buzzwords, right? Like these buzzwords that have been given to me even through therapy for so long. And I really didn't know how they work, one, on a like cellular level for my Mm -hmm. brain, but then also just in a relational and environmental level because emotional intelligence to me was awareness of self. And yet we never are. I will tell you, I've been gone for six days and I was not by myself even to go to the bathroom or take a shower because of my six-year-old daughter for six whole days. (laughs) Okay. So uh, there's never a moment where self in and of itself is actually happening. You're constantly thinking about other people. So Mm -hmm. just really interesting. And I'm not even finished with the book. So I'm excited to keep marking away, tabbing away. Uh, But I feel like because of what you do and also because of your self-awareness from childhood and even now, it's definitely something that was something worth mentioning. Thank you. You know, I, it's just funny how I, if Post-its listening, I literally use Post-it notes, like little flags. <laughs> All my books, you know, I've read a book when there was just like a rainbow of flags. Love um, it. And it's something that, that is also part of that ADHD mindset of, I know I won't remember this line, mm-hmm. but I know what's going to be in this book. And I yes. know what this book is about because of the cover and I read it. So yep. I know that if I need like a reference or resource, I just go through the flags and I go, oh, there's a line. And um, for me, it's always constant learning from yeah. everything in life, yeah. um, wherever it is, whoever it's from, um, which is why I love doing podcasts and lives with people that I admire like yourself, people who are doing amazing work in the world because we can learn from everyone. And I love that you brought that book out because it's, I think it's always important to be learning and growing no matter where you are in the stage of your career how smart or how good you are at what you do, you can learn something new. And I think a lot of books like that are talking about nowadays, this idea of emotional intelligence, uh, even though Daniel Goleman and, and, you know, uh, and all these other people have written about it and researched about it forever, but it's truly finding the right balance of a certain writing that speaks to you. Yeah. A certain absolutely. author that puts it in a certain way that clicks yeah. versus the yep. eight other books you've read. So good for you. That's amazing. You're reading that. 
Okay, okay, you know my feelings over commercials, but this is too good of timing to pass up the chance to tell you about this incredible opportunity that I have cultivated with you directly in mind. You, the passionate kingdom entrepreneur. Stop running the race on a treadmill to nowhere. Stop the analysis paralysis and the overwhelm and honestly, the isolation of business building. You know I am all for women supporting women and the concept of community, but this newly developed program takes that concept to an entirely new level. I am giving you an all-access pass to my team of experts and strategists in order for you to develop your own business to the fullest extent. I've taken my business with these incredible people from an idea to five figure months in less than two years. And I want to provide you the keys to this freedom and centered joy. This is a coaching program with direct conversations with real people in real time. Ask the confusing hard questions that have you lingering in rabbit holes. Get the direct insight you need to design the dream into a fully operating abundant business. Y'all, listen to this A-team, okay? There is a branding and content strategist, a mindset and financial success coach, a biblical foundations teacher, a marketing funnels and ads expert, and of course, yours truly, your Christian business coach. If you are ready to truly invest in yourself, in your God dream, and the people that God is calling you to, this is the only place to start that gives you a full lens development strategy that you can lean into as a trusted, knowing source on a firm foundation. Y'all, I am uber passionate to see you flourish and illuminated within your purpose. You can enroll now by heading over to the one-on-one coaching tab at tamraandress.com. Remember, I have the simple version of Tamra, T-A-M-R-A. I don't know if you know that story, but it's from The Price is Right about a week before I was born. So thanks, mom. (laughs) Anyway, book your call and simply email me coaching at tamraandress.com. Either way, I cannot wait to see you activated. And this is going to be an incredible opportunity and a beautiful season to see you design the God dream that God has planted in you since your mother's womb. It's going to be fun, y'all. I can't wait to connect. Let's get started. Yeah, it's really good. And in this specific one is talking about like in the business setting and mm-hmm. how we can apply it to ourselves as, you know, coaches or or in an entity of co-working or any of what that means to you. Mm-hmm. And so from a professional level, I just had never I really never considered it. And it made me think through as they were giving examples of like large corporate settings, which I'm not in. Um, how does this apply to me and like an individual client or when I'm coaching a group mm-hmm. um, or bringing people together for conferences like you do or um, therapy sessions, like all of that, it really is at play all the time. And now more than ever, having this understanding of emotional intelligence um, allows us freedom when things that are crazy and out of control. And yeah. I'm hoping I can remember the acronym. It's VUCA, V-U-C-A. Have you heard of this? No. It's basically applying to the environment and there is a uh, environment is always versatile, versatility, um, uncertainty, C is complexity, and A is ambiguity. Woohoo, I did it. Okay, so the, <laughs> these four things, versatility, um, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity is the environment at all given times. Mm. And especially during the season of the world and the time of 2020 and COVID and all of that stuff and politically and 
spiritually. I mean, I think that there's every realm of, of our, our self is mm-hmm. being just messed with right now. If we have this sense of emotional intelligence, it allows us to understand why we're feeling an emotion and then how Mm -hmm. to respond versus unnecessary immediate reactions, which uh, happens all the time. Yeah, I think that I think right now we're in a state of just so much complexity and and like volatile feelings, like a volcano, like about to erupt from any direction on a given day. And it's very hard to kind of keep centered. So yeah. when we are aware of ourselves and the three parts of ourselves, others, and also the integration of the two of those things, it can kind of help us navigate the ins and outs of life that we're dealing with because those three things are constant. Like you said, even on vacation, you had no alone time. Right? Yes. My, daughter's, my daughter's starting that right now. She, every time my wife goes to the bathroom, she goes, where are you going? Where are you going? What are you doing? And is so yeah. curious of following you. You don't have alone time. I'm not there yet, but it's starting. <laughs> Of like Wait sitting in the bathroom it. with my child. Um, yes. It's, it's a rite of passage as a parent, yeah. you know? <laughs> That's so a rite true. Of passage. So you appreciate that alone time when you don't, when you don't yes. have your child around. Um, I could yeah, not it's, wait it's a, to get in the car this morning. I was like, oh, I'm going to be by myself. It's true. You know, I, I miss that. You know, I was saying before that my separation that I think of of work to home, I used yeah. to listen to a classical music playlist. Yeah. That was my kind of brain mm. reminding myself, okay. Work's done, home life. I don't have that now because I literally go out the door of, the, of this of this room and I'm back into home. You know, yeah. so it's like this like uh, confusing time right now for our brains, yeah. our minds, and our. And I love that you said spiritually. Also, it's very interesting. It's very hard. Yeah, there's so many questions circling, and so like with clients and stuff that you've been seeing and working with, what have you noticed is like a common trend or thread or, or thing that you constantly keep hearing people say. I think it's uh, a few things. I think the first thing is uncertainty, right? When we're talking about the future, the idea is so foreign right now because I don't know about you, but in, in uh, 2019, like 2020 is going to be the year. I goal set. I was ready. I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing. And then on January happens and you're, you're primed and you're going. February happened, then March, everything hit the fan. And you're like, oh my gosh, it's almost been a year now. We're in yeah. December. Yeah. When did that happen? So that idea yeah. of uncertainty and this idea of radical acceptance of dealing with what we have, right? Accepting the reality of the world. You don't have to like it. You don't have to enjoy it, but this is the reality. You need to deal with it. And how That's we rude. deal with that is really the conversation that we've been doing a lot of the work with a lot of my clients. Um, change of expectations, right? The idea of perceptions and expectations of the reality can really mess with your head. So if you expect to go to work and not have to deal with X, Y, and Z because you're not home, well, that's not the case anymore. You're a parent. You're um, a husband, a wife, a partner, you're a, you're a caregiver and you're doing your job and you're taking care of your home all together all at once. So the idea of your role right now and the expectations of the roles, that's been a conversation with a lot of people as well. And the third yeah. thing is just general anxiety of like, what's going on? And the, the sense of ridiculousness that's happening for ourselves in our hearts and our minds and our bodies and how to kind of come to terms with that. It's interesting because it's, you know, we know that we are an evolutionary being, right? Like we're not the same today as we were 10 years ago, as we were 20 years ago, all the Mm -hmm. things. And I think, you know, technology has a huge piece at play right now that we really don't even know what the trajectory of that looks like. 
But trying to understand this season and how that's going to affect us moving forward or affect our children Mm -hmm. um, is going to be really interesting because I feel like that fight mode, right, is going to actually be more common than what it already is um, at any given moment because we're afraid of of the fear of the unknown and also the tumultuous situation that we're finding ourselves in. So, like, from I have no idea what's going to happen with my child. Yeah. He's a year and a half old. Yeah, I don't know if this is going to be impeding on her social skills in the future. I don't know if we will ever know that. Um, yeah. Is she watching too much TV? Is she, you know, all the like, you know, we have to live. If we nitpick at all the things, we have to just deal with what we're dealing with right now to the best that we can do. And everything else is out of our hands. Yeah, everything else so- is kind of out of our control because it's so hard. We, we try so hard as human beings to control to control our outcomes, to control our careers, our spouses, our partners, our situations, our lives, our money, our everything to make sure that it fits and does well. That's not the case right now. And we have to kind of give up a little bit to Mm -hmm. be able to be okay. And that's Mm -hmm. a hard balance sometimes for myself included, uh, for a lot of people to give in to that reality that I don't have control right now. And uh, that's just, that's just the truth. I feel that. I feel that so much. It's so hard. I'm actually, my home is in the middle of a renovation right now. The whole downstairs is being renovated. And I love that my husband told me that it was like a kitchen remodel. But then when he told me all the walls were coming down, I was like, how does that work? So I come back from like sand bottom floors, right? I'm walking barefoot and dirty through the streets and like don't have shoes on. I don't care at all. But I walk into my house and there is sawdust and just nastiness everywhere all the way up my stairs. And I'm like, so overwhelmed, so anxious, so out of control, because I know if I sweep it, it's a wasted energy because it's just going to come right back a minute later. And so trying in that know-how and also in the safe space of what's I imagine the expectations Mm -hmm. of my home, like Mm -hmm. releasing control is so Mm -hmm. hard. It's a really difficult thing. We need it. We've, we've started from as a child, we've had a child, we've ran on schedule on yeah. rituals on and not in an unhealthy way yeah. in a, we, we wake up at a certain time we go to the dot we go to the babysitter we go to school we do this and that we come home we watch tv for a little whatever our rules are yeah. we do homework and we eat and go to bed and do it again yeah. and again <laughs> and then that has been thrown off yeah it's so, so true it's and really navigating exactly yeah. Because you said, like you said, at the beginning of the year, you had all these goals. And now the expectations of those goals have completely changed, shifted, maybe completely halted because it's not possible. And I've tried really hard this year to not not be oblivious by any means mm-hmm. and not be, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Negligent, I guess, but also to, to keep going. And yeah. I've had many people being like, why is this not phasing you? Like, why are you still so joyful? Why are you still traveling? And I'm like, you know, it's just, I'm choosing to operate this way. And I have the other alternative to just freeze up and stop and um, not allow my kids to go places, not wear a mask, don't wear a mask, you know, all the conversations. And uh, it's been one of the best years that we've had as a family. I and, love that you said that. Because I think yeah. it's really important for a lot of people to understand. I've had, also had this conversation a lot with people the idea of feeling bad about having good right now mm-hmm. because like I have spent so much time with my daughter that I will yeah. never be able to have with any other child again. Yeah. It was like it's paternity leave. Mandatory exactly. paternity leave. 
<laughs> it's yeah. been and it's been a blessing. I saw mm-hmm. her walk. I saw her talk more than ever. I'm around. She knows who I am. We bonded. We have jokes. I also get to spend a lot of time with my wife, which I did not get before. And yeah. you know, there is a, a hardship in that because we don't have we miss missing each other a little bit. Yeah, you know, for going sure. away and going like, oh, I haven't seen you in eight hours. Oh, I miss you. Yeah. You know, kiss, kiss. <laughs> oh, hooray! You know, but yeah. we, we we miss that. But still, I get to see my wife every day, and mm-hmm. I'm healthy. Thank God, I'm healthy and I'm good. My job is good. So there are blessings that have happened, but it's really hard sometimes to appreciate that or based on other people's feelings about right. their negative life or the world as a whole, how could you have a good time? There's yeah. a pandemic going on. Those two things are not the same. Yeah. And those it's two so things, can't, they're different. You can have a good yeah. life and enjoy the world that's going on right now because you're pivoting. I love the yeah. word pivoting because pivoting means you're moving but it doesn't mean you're fully away. You're just adjusting a little bit and you're ready to come back. Like in yep. basketball, you move your body yeah. a little bit and you come back to the main point. So yeah. right now, 2020 is a pivot. It's a movement from what you might've expected. And we're going to come back to hopefully whatever reality might be going in the future. And yeah. we can't not enjoy our life. We can't live our li- stop our lives. We have to live yeah. our lives in the confines of health and wellness into the best yeah. of our abilities in 2020. Yeah. So speaking to the contrary, where I have lost friends and community members, and um, I know like suicide rates and and everything are are so increased at this point. How can you speak to the people who are frozen, who can't pivot, who do feel that sense of urgency for change now, but we're not getting it? I think the reality is that that's okay. Yeah. It's okay to feel the suck of the pandemic because that's it's 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 terrible right i've lost family members i have friends of mine who's lost family members i know people who have died and have their lost their jobs and their reality of what they need for for mental stability and it's okay to be stuck it's okay to talk but the key is to be kind to yourself mm-hmm. the key is to love yourself and be okay with that because you had no control over this you didn't do this on purpose. This didn't happen for a purpose to hurt you. It is not to be malicious. It is a pandemic that we have no control over. And it means feeling the feelings and appreciating that those feelings are real and doing the best you can with what you have day in, day out. And not trying to push yourself to what you might think you need to be doing or what you want to be doing, but actually do what you need to be doing and to see where that takes you. That's really good. And I think in that and a part of the EQ conversation we were having before is realizing that everybody's going to do that differently and having, you know, grace and the understanding of humanity to not judge, to not get angry with, to not, you know, put up arms towards um, other people who are doing it differently. And last night I got like, one of my first trolls, if you will, I've heard them been called. I've never called somebody that, but last night I actually was like, "Mm, that's what that feels like when I posted a reel on Instagram of me and my daughter and we were in a golf cart with photographers and her and I didn't have our mask on. And they were men from Cancun, Mexican men who were wearing their mask. And I was called negligent, um, uh, privileged white person, a racist. And what was the other word? all in one thread. And I was like, Oh, 
okay, this is intense. I didn't know that people had this much hatred. Meanwhile, I've never heard of these people. They've never commented on any other thing I've ever done. And they're, and then, oh, and then they attacked my, my spirituality and my religious preference. And I ended up blocking after responding kindly and they kept going, just blocking and deleting. And they came back on another account and were like, oh, we already screenshotted it. Nice try. Like we're still watching you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so I had a choice in that. And I'm so grateful that I read that book the last couple hours prior to on the plane, because it was, again, a control issue. I could have controlled the fact that I don't like when people don't like me. So my people pleasing self could have risen up and I would have not slept all night, which is typical. This is a normal situation. But instead, I was like, okay, what's happening that is allowing somebody else, a hurt person to try and hurt somebody and they're you know, a variable perspective on me. I am not racist. I'm so far from. I was actually being kind. I had already asked the people, the photographers told us not to wear our mask. We were outside on a golf cart and like all these things are going through my brain. But it's the realization that as people choose, their pivot is going to look different. They're not wearing the same shoe as you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we can't judge something that we don't know. And it's unfair for us as as human beings to try and expect from other people what we expect from ourselves when we can't even live up to our own expectations. Wow. I love I, First of all, I'm sorry that happened to you. You <laughs> okay. know, I, I guess I, I, I hard balance to have, right? Because mm-hmm. you were living your life in a safe way that you felt was safe for you. Mm-hmm. And someone took what they felt was reality and what they felt was their safety and projected it and made you feel like the bad person. You know, I have a friend of mine who lives in Vegas and during the height of the pandemic, their rules in Nevada were different because it wasn't as rampant in yeah. New York. And I remember seeing a picture that she was in a uh, restaurant. Yeah. And the rules of the time was that 50% capacity was allowed in the restaurant. Right. And in New York, that was not. And my right. first thought was, what is she doing? Yeah. Did she know we're in a pandemic? Yeah. So. I took us, I, I said, that was my first reaction and that's okay. Automatic thoughts happen. And then I yep. took a deep breath and I thought to myself, one second, she's a smart girl. She's living her life. Let me ask her what's going on. Yeah. Let me be respectful, be respectful and talk to her privately, not publicly on forum where everyone else can see. Yeah. And she said, yeah, this restaurant, the Nevada rules are 50% capacity. And I've been getting so much hate for this picture. Uh, thank you so much for not hating me for this. And I yeah. said, I did originally, but I didn't know. Yeah. And now I understand. Thank you for understanding. You know, whether it's with your prayer services, you know, like whether it's with jobs, whether it's with the way you post. I got flack for posting too many pictures of my child. <laughs> of course. Because it's inappropriate for my child to be up front and center in, in my mm-hmm. life as, as a therapist. I shouldn't be talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it shook me, but I realized, you know what? This person has a more conservative view and that's okay. And yeah. they were just giving me feedback as a colleague of mine and they wanted to let me know. I didn't like it. Yeah. But when someone then crosses a boundary and say, you are X, Y, and Z, negative, terrible words. Yeah. Because, and they don't even know you. Yeah. And it's not like you did anything outright. That's where things in the generation. I was reading a book and I was listening to a podcast by Jonathan Haidt. H-E-I-D-T. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And... The book is called The Righteous Mind, and it's why good people separate on such issues like politics, religion, and beliefs. 
And he mm -hmm. was on the podcast of Dax, Dax Shepard's podcast, Armchair Expert. And he was talking about this idea of the calling out generation. Mm -hmm. We're all about calling people out who we might not agree with just to like burn them at the stake, so to speak, and yeah. diminish them and make them feel belittled. That hurts people. Yeah. And I think it's about a healthy balance of understanding where your life is and where someone else's life is and that you can live yours and I can live mine as long as we're respecting and loving each other for who we are. Yeah. That's all we can do for differences. Yeah. There um there needs to be dignity in differences. That I respect mm. you for, you know, I'm an orthodox Jew, you're not. Yeah. Big deal. Are you a good yeah. person? Wonderful. Do you have your beliefs? Amazing. Do I have yeah. mine? Great. Can we learn from yeah. each other? Of course. Beautiful. There you go. End of story. Why does there have to be so much hate? So you know? good. Simple. So good. I simple. love that. It is. It's so true. It's Speaking not, of it's that, not simple, but well, it's not it simple be. because she be. made it right. I was going to say it's. It is simple because if you trace it all back to the beginning, there is a simplicity factor that we neglect all the time, and, we need and each especially. Other. Yeah, especially when it comes to those big conversations and these big topics. Um, yeah. I did want to ask you specifically about um, being an Orthodox Jew and what that means versus regular Judaism. <laughs> because my, I have a, a family, not a whole family member. I've got an entire branch of our family who are all practicing Jews. And I am so, I love them. We talk all the time about Old Testament beliefs and I've been to bat mitzvahs and all the things. And I, I there's culture there that I just think is incredibly beautiful and forgotten in Christianity and needs to be like reestablished. And so mm. I'd be curious what that looks like for you. That's a great question and a long conversation about <laughs> if you ever gave those terminologies of Orthodox reform and conservative Jews. But yeah. I am a Jewish male. I yeah. practice Judaism. I go to synagogue on Sabbath. I keep kosher. I do all those things that for some reason puts me in a box of Orthodox mm. Judaism. Okay. There is another sect of Judaism called Hasidism. There's another sect called conservatism and reform. That in the end, um, truly don't mean that much. Yeah. It's really about the, the box that we're put in based on the laws that we follow or how stringent we are on those laws and how letter of the law we follow those things. Okay. Um, I'm not a rabbi, so it's a it's a really bigger question than that. But in the end, you know, if you're Jewish, you're Jewish. Great. Yeah, it's like a denomination, um, essentially. Exactly. It's like with Christianity. There are different sects of Christianity. Sure. So it's very yeah. similar in that kind of mentality of okay. taking a little bit of here and doing something from there and having a different thing, practice and ritual sure. there, which then sure. creates the different term and different box that you're put in. So how do you feel from your, you know, evolution in your own personal growing? How does your faith go into what you do on a consistent basis beyond your morning rituals? So it's kind of hard because, you know, as a therapist, I'm supposed to be objective. Yeah. Right. I have clients who are Christian, Muslim, Jewish, Jehovah's Witness, um, atheist, agnostic, yeah. All walks of life coming to see me of all backgrounds, all races, creeds, and religions, yeah. which makes my job wonderful. And I love yeah. that. And as a therapist, I do not bring my personal beliefs into that office, which is where the separation of therapist coach is. Mm. It doesn't mean that I don't have my beliefs. It doesn't mean that it doesn't make me who I am as a whole person, because I am a person with all those things that make me me. Yeah. But if someone is saying something that might be against my religion or even 
a Jewish person who is saying something, it is not my jo job to be judge and jury, to be anything religious at that point, or my job is to be there for them fully, yeah. for them, where they're at, what they're dealing with, nothing to do. Um, ask me a question like you did. Hey, what does it mean to be Orthodox Jew? Let's have a conversation. Beautiful. Yeah. You brought it up, not me. Yeah. Um, so that's really where the difference is. And also it does shape my beliefs of being, trying to be the good person in the, in the, in the presence of God and to yeah. be emulate what God would want and how that means to be a good person. And yes, that looks different depending on what book you read and where you come from, but in the end, it's really treating people with love and respect. So it has shaped me to fully embrace that to the best of my ability day in, day out, and to give people the love and respect that I hope I have um, for them. I love that so much. It's so valuable. And I, I think it's, there's probably moments where it can be difficult too. It's similar to letting go of, of certain things. And um, it's a learning process for all of us. Yes. But I want to know, like, give me some trajectory. Where is Elevation going? Where is your your podcast going? Where do you see yourself in a couple of years? And how how are you getting there today? Like, what's that well, little move of the needle? I have a lot of dreams. I'm a big dreamer. And yeah. uh, I would like to write a few books in the future. Hopefully, next, it will be near, near, uh, next to you next time we talk, you know, and, yeah, uh, and stuff of that nature. And uh, a few book ideas in mind. I would like to have a practice in the future where I really can take my own clients and weed through what I want to work with and how I want to work with them and be my own boss. I would love my podcast to be on the top 100 list in the U.S., so hopefully in the next year or two, and uh, be a public speaker and really bring uh, understanding of what mental health truly means about stigma and giving people care and to be seen for who they are devoid mm -hmm. of mental health because it doesn't truly matter. In the end, it makes them who they are. And I think yeah. that it is just one extra piece to someone and it is a struggle and it is real. And I'm not diminishing that whatsoever, but to make them more human and less diagnostic and less sterile, but more real as a person, yeah. um, we'll see where that takes me. That's really neat. And I think the stigma pieces is something that interests me specifically because now because people are more open and they're calling themselves out, right? I, you know, I am this, I am this, I deal with anxiety or I deal with depression or I have in the past. It's immediately like a stigma of, of that person is like this. That person mm -hmm. has gone through this. That person has thought about or attempted suicide. So mm -hmm. they are like this which is just not true. I don't believe at all yeah. in the statement perspective, but also like season to season. I mean, the person that I am today is so drastically different than the person that I was five years ago, 100%. which is massively different than the person I was two decades ago. Mm -hmm. And so trying to help people like free themselves from the current moment of who this person is through this yeah. one specific lens, which goes Back to literally everything we were talking about. I love how everything comes full circle. But talk to me like from a stigma perspective, like how can beyond just your podcast, maybe conferences, beyond a book, like how can we and me as a, a colleague, a friend help activate that where with the people that I'm in touch with on a consistent basis? Well, I think what you said is so beautiful. And I think it really is about giving people the space to feel, to heal and deal with it and be able to just be okay with saying, hey, I went through anxiety, no stigma attached. It means absolutely nothing. You know, I had my first panic attack after my daughter was born. Does it make me any less of a human? No, it makes me more of a human. And then on top of it, I also believe that when it comes down to it, stuff happens in our life. 
we're dealing with things day in, day out. And mental health is just as important as physical health. Yeah, absolutely. It makes you a person. It makes you how you deal with it a person. It makes your failures and successes as a person. It's all beautiful and all wonderful. And it's all just you. And so in the good. End, in the end, if you come to me and say, hey, I had anxiety, I have this, maybe help someone talk it out. What does that truly mean? How do you define yourself? Be there as a listening ear, but actually just be there with no judgment, no uh, advice, no, here's what I did, here's what you should do. Let them talk. And then if they want your help and ask you for advice, they will, because they know you're there already. And that's something that's truly important is to people know that you're there to hear and listen, especially during really rough times like now. Yeah, that's so good. And is feel, heal and deal a book title yet? Because it should be. No, that is that is it's not mine. That is totally uh, Tiffany Rowe. (laughs) She's amazing. And so a tagline for everything is feel, heal and deal. And I love using it because it's so good. I wish I copywritten it, but she it's all hers and I want to give her full. full, All right, Tiffany. Brilliant, Tiffany. So good. I'll have to connect with her afterwards. That's really fun. Well, I would love to share with people how they can get in touch with you um, moving forward. And right now today, um, you guys got to listen to his podcast, The Dude Therapist. Um, And then are you most active on Instagram? Yes, I am most active on Instagram. Yeah, very much so. What's your handle (laughs) for there? I know it you have the elevation. do therapist one, but yeah, yeah I have the okay. therapist one and it's elevation underscore therapist. Nice. So good. Is there any specific last bit of information you want to share with the audience? Yes. Yes. I really, love that. I say it all the time. <laughs> Just be kinder to yourself and give yourself space to feel and be patient because change takes time and you deserve to give yourself the love that you give to other people when they're going through stuff. So give it to yourself as well. I know I struggle with that. I know so pressured to be and do and go take a moment, take a deep breath and appreciate where you've come from to know where you're going. And I think then we'll be a lot happier with the now right now. So good. Ellie, it was such a joy. Thank you so much. I had to wrap up with both forms of your name <laughs> and I can't wait to connect again. All the blessings to you and your family. And yeah, I'm going to go well. to your Instagram to find what your baby girl looks like. Cause I'm sure she's beautiful. <laughs> All my, for all my wife. All my wife. That's amazing. All right. Have an awesome day. See Thanks you guys. So much. Hey, y'all. It's me again. I hope in today's episode you sense and ignite to an ember within you something mentally, physically, emotionally, or spiritually moving that creates and sustains a fire within your journey. Before you go, let's solidify the flame. I'd love for you to take a step right now in declaring your takeaway. By snapping a pic of the episode you tuned into, share your sparked moment and tag me at fitandfaith underscore podcast or me personally at tamra.andress on Insta. I hope that I can keep you accountable and also share you with the greater community of the Fit and Faith podcast listeners. We're totally in this together. Community over competition is the motto, right? I'd also be incredibly grateful if you took an extra second to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast listening app. I'd love to feature your thought in the next episode and give you and your passion project a big shout out. You know I'm a writer, so I love words and I can't wait to read what you have to say. I'm ready to fuel the flame with you together. And until next time, blessings over your joy, health, wealth, and wholeness. Tune in next time. 
Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.